My career has really skyrocketed once I began to prioritize my own brand and my own thoughts. Not like a brand in like a traditional sense of like an influencer by any means, but I think of it more as like I'm positioning myself as a thought leader. I'm really prioritizing my thoughts and my ideas and getting it out there through this podcast, through social, through speaking. And I want to see you guys do that as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the party. (laughs) This is the Women in Influencer Marketing Podcast. So many of you tune in week over week. So I appreciate you guys so much. And for anyone who is new, big, giant, warm, welcome. I hope you subscribe to this podcast. I hope you follow us no matter what platform you're on. I hope that you come back. This week is going to be another solo episode. I'm committed to you guys to bringing you more solo episodes through the end of the year. Of course, we have some interviews lined up, but I have fun with these solo episodes and I hope you do too. They're also like more or less like short and sweet. Just some like recent thoughts that I wanted to share with you guys. So every Wednesday on our Instagram for the past few weeks, we've been hosting these AMAs, these Ask Me Anythings. And honestly, I feel so vulnerable doing that because there have definitely been weeks where it's like hours go by and there'll be no questions that come in. And I'm like, okay, this is a piece of humble pie right here. Most of the time something comes in, but like sometimes it's crickets and it's like, no, it feels a little embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. This week though, we got in some really cool questions and one of them in particular I thought would make an interesting topic for today's episode. And the question was, do I get nervous still when I go on stage and, and do these like keynotes or moderate panels or I'm on a panel? So The short answer was no. And I feel like that's like not very helpful because I feel like, you know, one of the biggest fears of all the fears of all the people is stage fright and getting on stage and being in front of a large group of people and speaking. So I know that I'm in the minority. So I don't think that's a helpful answer. But what I want to share is one, context on that. And B, bigger picture, I think, and maybe more important is some advice on how you can get on stages as well. Look, like my dream scenario is that I'm incredibly successful, but that my friends are as well. And that we're all at the top cheersing each other and happy together. Like it, success is so much more fulfilling when you have people to celebrate that with. So that's why I want to share some of these things with you guys. I don't want to like be proprietary about this stuff. I really like I'm committed to giving our members speaking opportunities wherever possible. I just pitched about eight of you guys for a conference in January. So if you're a member and you're in that Slack group, you better to keep an eye out on the Women Announcements channel in Slack because I do think some people miss it occasionally. And we just announced that, you know, hey, are you interested in going to um, this concert or this concert? If you're, are you interested in going to this conference? And if so, are you interested in speaking? And if so, send me a bio and a headshot. So anyways, I just sent a bunch over, but I want to provide more context on like how to get these opportunities on your own, how to build up like a repertoire of sorts, and also how to feel more comfortable. So we're going to get into all of that today and let's get into it. 
This show is sponsored by Women in Influencer Marketing, better known as WIM, the best online community for the creator economy. You will meet fellow influencer marketers, you'll meet brands, you'll meet talent agencies to talk shop, get hired, and even find a mentor. When you become a member, do not forget to check out all of our incredible resources. For example, we have dozens of masterclasses from the top voices of TikTok, at YouTube, award-winning agencies, and women who are paving the way for us all. So if you want the chance to network with a few who in influencer marketing, check out what it takes to become a member. Make more money and have fun doing it. Visit IamWim.com slash join. That's I-A-M-W-I-I-M.com slash join today. And I so look forward to seeing you more around the community. All right. So I want to level set with you guys. Part of the reason why I am more comfortable, like pretty very comfortable on stage is because I actually like trained to be that way. It's not like I woke up one day and I was just like, you know, oh, this is easy. Not at all. Like, so I was a theater major in middle school, in high school, and even in college. And so I bring that up to just say like, this didn't come from nowhere. Like this was like years and years and years. Like my entire upbringing was like on stage. Later, I like transitioned to do behind the scenes stuff as a director, but like, I don't know. I'm very comfortable on stage. Like I can go to anyone's wedding and make a funny speech and and like that's my zone. I feel very, very comfortable doing that. But most people didn't have that training. So how do you then get comfortable being uncomfortable, <laughs> being on a stage in front of all these people and if there's lights and sometimes it's hot and how to work the microphone and how to, you know, how to just be good with that? Honestly, so here's how I'll equate it. Being on camera for me, that's my equivalent of being uncomfortable on stage. It has taken me, I would say a solid like year and a half of consistently pushing myself to record even these podcasts on camera, to record an occasional reel, to just like be on video and like look at my face and just get better at it, get more comfortable with it. Like that's my equivalent because I wasn't a film major, I was a theater major. So I can get up on a stage and be comfortable, but like get me in front of a camera and I'm actually, I feel super awkward, very uncomfortable. The advice that I would give you guys, you just, you do it. You do it. You face your fear. You make a schedule. And that repetitiveness is actually what will make it more comfortable. I'm on this journey with getting more comfortable on camera and on video and stuff. And I can't say that I'm completely there yet. And it's been at least a year and a half that I've been like consistently forcing myself to do this. But has it gotten easier? Yes. Has it gotten more comfortable? Yes. And like what changed? It's just practice. Like it's nothing. There's no secret sauce. Like there's no silver bullet that or trick, you know, that I can tell you to getting comfortable. The way that I did it is just being regimented about it and forcing myself to be a little bit uncomfortable. And 
you just, you practice. It's like anything in life. You practice and you get better. So that's one thing that I would suggest. Like for me, it's a little easy to do that because I just sit in front of my computer and I can record these things and have to freaking stare at my face, but like I get over it, but I get to do it often, right? So like how do you speak in front of people? Like, how do you do that? That's a little bit harder to recreate and to do on a regular basis. I would honestly find somebody in your life who is going through the same thing. And I would take turns doing, you know, talk, like pick a topic and say like, all right, today we're going to talk about dogs. And so you like get up in front of the room and you have an audience of one, your friend who is going through the same thing. And they give you a topic and you just riff on it for like, they'll time you maybe five minutes, maybe stretch it to six, seven, like it's a long time to talk. So maybe start at like one or two, but you know, like get a buddy. I just think that like an accountability partner is a really powerful thing. And I love the idea of women supporting each other and pushing each other to make each other better. So if you can find somebody who's also going through the same thing, just ask them and be like, would you like, what do you think of this? Like, what if we just like once a week, you know, got together and, you know, just a few minutes where like I would get up in front of you and I would go, you pick a topic, I talk about it, you tie me, and then you do the same thing. And like every week we stretch it out by 30 more seconds. What do you think? You would probably find that like, you know, they'd probably say yes. They'd probably be nervous just like you, but you guys help each other. And I love that idea. So that's how you get a little bit more comfortable with it. You know, the, another way to do it, of course, is I would, you know, network with those people that you do see on stages. In a lot of instances, like when I was first got, getting to uh, like start out getting on stages, I would pitch myself as like, if anybody drops out, I'm available. <laughs> if anybody bails, I'm here. That was what I definitely offered for a long time. I think part of it was like imposter syndrome. I think part of me like didn't think I was ready to be on you know a stage yet speaking about a certain topic, like influencer marketing related perhaps. And like I just saw all these other people up there who I thought were incredibly like, so much more accomplished and credentialed and like connected than I was. So honestly, I don't even think it was about the topic because I can talk and I've got a lot of opinions and stuff. But I thought it was like I just I wasn't I wasn't like good enough to be there, honestly. And so, yeah, I started pitching myself as a backup, if I'm being super honest. I did that for a long time. And then I started pitching myself as a moderator. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. So I used to have this perception that moderate, that it was like a better, it was better to be a speaker on a panel than a moderator. I felt like, you know, like the speakers are like the the stars of the show. Like they're the ones who are invited to the party, but the moderators, like, you know, they're like the functionality of it all, like just to keep it flowing, but they're like the neutral third party. And I feel so different about that now because I have, I way more consistently moderate panels than speak on panels. And I have really flipped the way that I think about it, and I've gotten so much out of doing it. First of all, moderating is so much harder than being on a panel. So if you can really like master that skill, you'll get asked to 
be at more conferences more often um, because it does. It's harder to do. A lot of people don't feel comfortable doing it. They barely feel comfortable being on stage, nonetheless, like orchestrating the entire conversation and managing the back and forth. And it's hard. And I've seen moderators who like, they're fine. I've seen moderators who are not good at all. And then I've seen stellar moderators and stellar moderators are definitely in the minority. And I really remember those people. Why? Because if you have a good moderator, the panel is just usually really good. You got to make the speakers feel more comfortable on stage. Like you got to like, you know, manage your time all the things. But I used to, just to go back to the point, I used to have this perception that like, you know, like, oh, I'm just a moderator. You know, what good is it? But like, it's like anything in life. You make it what you want it to be. So, you know, I just literally moderated a panel yesterday at Advertising Week and I was asked to do it. I was super grateful to be there. I had actually never been to Advertising Week before. And I was able to like, ask some interesting follow-up questions aside from the questions that we had predetermined based on their answers. And I got to infuse a little bit of, you know, about whim, about my consultancy and my thoughts. And I literally got an email this morning from someone who was like so lovely and was just like, it was literally the best panel that she saw at Advertising Week. And I don't say, I can cut that out. And I don't say this to brag, but I've gotten lots of those compliments before. And for me, I'm always trying to learn and grow. And so I'm like, is this person just blowing smoke? Or like, they don't have to, like, there's no reason for that. Like, they're not getting anything out of like giving these compliments. And I have gotten compliments like that before. I've gotten messages and people coming up saying like, this was the best panel of the entire conference. So what do I take from that? A, to be completely honest, I don't think part of, like part of it is I think a diss to other panelists, like other panels. I, I think that a lot of panelists don't remember that they're on a stage and I think that they regurgitate things they've heard a thousand times. The questions are like so superficial. So part of it is I think like other panels aren't that good. I think the bar is low. Let's just say that. But I also think that the panels that I do are particularly successful for a couple reasons. One is I really try to make our panelists feel comfortable. So like sometimes we'll have a kickoff call a few days before, before we go on stage. I always sort of joke around with them and just like set their expectations. Like we are, we're going to have fun. We're going to keep it casual, conversational, like feel free, like to answer you know, to chime in after I ask somebody a question, if you have additional things that you want to add, like always do that. And I just sort of like set the vibe. I also always start a panel by addressing the audience. First of all, like thanking them for being here and sort of like saying, all right, this is what you're going to expect. Like this is the topic. And oh my gosh, well, yesterday our panel was like literally the last panel of a multi-day conference. That's like the worst spot to get. And I had people explicitly say like, oh my God, like even though it was the last panel, it was like, we was it was fuller than we would have thought, which is good. But yeah, I would, I always tell the audience, I'm like, so we're going to like 
we're going to get a little salacious here or, you know, we're going to really get into some like nitty gritty topics today, um, setting the tone about Q&A. Are you going to have a Q&A? Is, when is it going to be? Like how do people ask questions? And another thing that I try to do is I try to, this is literally theater training, I will ask my questions, of course, to my panelists, but I always like cheat out so that I'm pretty much always facing the audience. In most panels that I do recent, like lately, like pretty much all of them, they're all there, you know, you have a microphone, so you certainly don't need to like project to the audience, but like it's more engaging if people see your face. So like literally having your body face the audience even if your face is facing the other speaker that you're asking a question to, like that is more inviting than if your whole body and your face is facing the person that you're asking a question to. Because the whole side of the audience might be missing out. So even when, you know, you're commenting on an answer that you received, I sort of cheat out a little bit because I want the audience to feel as if they're part of the conversation. I always try to include the audience as many opportunities as I can. So, you know, if someone answers a question, I might say, you know, these are my thoughts, but like you guys in the audience, like, you know, you guys have probably experienced this too, right? And, you know, go on from there. Or I'll infuse that sort of idea into one of the questions that was already like predetermined. So I don't know. I think you get the point, right? Like, you know, you guys have experienced this too, or I'm sure you've seen in the audience. I love also if there, I didn't really get to do this yesterday, but if there is an opportunity to do a poll of some sort, like raise your hands, you guys, if you've ever experienced this, you know, then how many of you have experienced that? I was in a really interesting it wasn't really, oh, it was a panel actually, but it was like a very different format at VidCon Baltimore that I haven't, it just happened. So I certainly haven't been able to like replicate it since, but I hope in the future I can. And it was so interactive that like it was a panel, but I would say it was only like 20% of the time where the panelists speaking and actually 80% of the time the audience was contributing ideas. And I was so much more engaged in that type of conversation. Like You need interesting panelists, but you need panelists who are willing to go there and to be forthcoming and to say somewhat salacious things, to say like those unpopular opinions. I just always am very cognizant, like we're on a stage, there's lights, we are mic'd. Like people are looking for some sort of entertainment, not, you know, or else they would just be reading a book or else they would just be like reading an article. I firmly believe that. And I don't think enough people like really lean into that entertainment factor. So that's once you get the opportunity, of course, and just like some tips and tricks on like how to moderate really well. As a speaker though, if you are on a panel I would recommend the following. I would recommend like, of course, answer the questions that you're given, but like elaborate on them and take your time, like take your space. You know, I think that especially when we're given questions that are predetermined, we have a predetermined answer and we're maybe very cognizant that there are other people that we want to give them their time. Take your space. I will tell you in terms of a gender thing, what I've observed, of course, when I say these things, these stereotypes, like I have to preface it with like, you know, 
This is just an ob- a few observations. Not everybody's like this, but I've observed that when men are on panels, they will sit there and lean into that answer <laughs> and they will not be concerned about, you know, when other people need to go and they need to have a chance and keeping it short and sweet. No way. Like they take that space and they linger in it. And I just want to see more women do that as well. You like, that's your moment. They were at, you were asked that question. No one said you have to give an answer within, you know, 60 seconds or less. Not at all. And then if other people, you know, give an answer to something and you have something else to add, do it. Because sometimes those are the most like insightful moments when something really organic happens on stage or it like sparks something in you and you, you know, that's like, that's the secret sauce right there. So those are really great moments. And I really encourage you guys to speak up in those moments too. One trick that I love, I'm like bouncing all over the place a little bit, but one trick that I love is before I was like asked to ever moderate or be a panelist or whatever, like I was not on, on invite, invited by anybody is I would go to conferences and I would just be in the audience and they would go to a Q and A And I would shoot up my hand, (laughs) hopefully get called on. And when I would get called on just for Q&A, again, I'm not on stage, I'm in the audience, I would introduce myself first. I would say, hey, this, you know, like my name is Jessie. I'm with Women in Influencer Marketing. And my question, and then like, you know, maybe some thoughts or like, you know, my question is blah, 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 because I think that, da, 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 what do you think? Like basically, first of all, in, like take, again, take your space, introduce yourself. So the entire room now knows who you are. Ask a question that's like a little provocative and somehow infuse your thoughts into that question, but ask a question and really ask it to the panelists and see what they say. I have had so many guys, like multiple instances where I've done that and really thought of like an interesting dynamic question. And after the panel was done, let's say there were like maybe two or three questions after mine even, I had all these people come up to me afterwards as if I were a freaking panelist and I absolutely was not, but they were intrigued and they're like, I want to meet this person. Like she had some interesting thing to say. Like I really owned the the space. Like I took my space and I want to encourage you guys to do that. It is such a hack and such a, a cheat in order to sort of like you know, it's like backstage. It's like, it's, you know, being, asking a question during Q&A. It's like another way to get noticed. And my last point that I wanted to get across today is that, I mean, you, I found, I know I sound like a broken record, but I just, networking is the absolute best way that I've gotten on any stages, anywhere, all, most of my opportunities professionally, it's all networking. So now what I do though is, you know, I've sort of gotten to know other people who regularly do like the speaking circuit and who are moderators as well or speakers or keynotes and what have you. And like there was somebody just the other day that I was like, hey, so like I'm talking to this conference about pitching some speakers to them and I'm happy to pitch you. I have always wanted to speak at CES. And I know that this person spoke there last year. So I was like, you know, 
if you ever, if you need a panelist, like, you know, if you know anybody who's looking for another person, like I'm going and I would really appreciate the, you know, the referral, the recommendation. So networking, you guys, like it's, it's the law of reciprocity. I will do for you. You will do for me. It's equal. I'm usually willing to go above and beyond for other people. And if they gave me a little something in return, I'm happy, but it's really great to be able to support each other. So just, you know, networking and finding out who's speaking at other places and ask if you can help them, ask if you, you know, go and support them. I will tell you, like I, even at advertising week, like it was so cool. I ran into just some familiar faces who were in the audience and they're like, Hey, I saw you were speaking. So I just wanted to be here and support you guys. That's so nice. Like that is so nice. That is so memorable. And one of those people's like, you know, they're like, you know, do you want to go out to like, I'd love to take you out for coffee or whatever. And I'm like, of course, like, that's so nice. You know, like being nice goes a really long way. <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking to network with people, like definitely like, you know, message them on LinkedIn beforehand, go and support them in person at the conference, you know, definitely reach out to them after, ask a really good question. Sometimes like Q&A gets a little nerve wracking. Sometimes like no one wants to ask a question and then you feel kind of stupid on stage, you know? So like have a good question asked, even if you know one of the panelists, like asking a good question and just like being the plant in the audience, it like, it goes a long way to getting other people to raise their hand and ask questions. It like it it looks great. Like the engagement is awesome and it's a way to sort of like help things along. So anyways, big brain dump was triggered by the AMA that we had on our Instagram stories. We have those every Wednesday. So check out our Instagram stories. <laughs> We're at I am whim on Instagram. And thank you to the person who asked that question. It was do I get nervous on stage? And the answer is no. But as you can hear, I've done a lot of practice. And I hope that these conversations are helpful. I want you guys to shine. I want you guys to not only focus on, you know, your brand success and your client's success and their visibility. I cannot emphasize enough. Like my career has really skyrocketed once I began to prioritize my own brand and my own thoughts. You know, it's not like a brand in like a traditional sense of like an influencer by any means, but I think of it more as like I'm positioning myself as a thought leader. I'm really prioritizing my thoughts and my ideas and getting it out there through this podcast, through social, through speaking. And I want to see you guys do that as well. There are so many times when I've seen people get you know, let go, laid off from jobs. And I just, it's scary because they put all their eggs in that basket and they invested so much in that company. They, I've seen people who were like basically the spokesperson, multiple people actually that I'm thinking of who were like, everyone knew them for working at that company and things change. And then they were laid off. And then it's like, you just invested everything you had into this other company and and then what are you left with? And I think that we all need to have backups and contingency plans and just be growing things in the background and you'll see what takes off and you'll see what's just a backup and you'll see sometimes that it's just worth letting go. But I do think it's important to focus on some personal branding stuff. So 
All right, you guys, I want you to definitely check out our membership. Guys, we have so much going on in 2024. I can't believe we're talking about 2024. It's like kind of weirding me out, but we have a lot of really exciting announcements coming up. We also have a great event that I don't want to forget to mention to you guys before we sign off today. It's called the Best in Influencer Tech. You, If you've been part of the WIM community for long enough, we've done these events. I think this is like the sixth or seventh one that we've done. We do them often because... I feel so strongly that you get to a certain level of doing influencer marketing and then like you just absolutely need good tech behind you to like be competitive, to have your work be more sophisticated. Like don't live in Google Sheets anymore, you guys. It's like, it's my biggest pet peeve. But like beyond that, there's such good tech out there that I don't even think half of you guys are aware of. So this is a virtual event. It's on November 2nd, starts at noon. Again, fully virtual and fully free, by the way, for members, for guests, like it's a sponsored event. So it's completely free, guys, free, free. And all of the sponsors of the event, we told them like, you can only sponsor if you give the community some sort of cool offer, (laughs) like a discount, a free trial. So everybody is giving one. And not only will you see demos from our picks of the top influencer tech right now, but you're going to hear from the social platforms themselves because they're tech companies too. So we have special guests from YouTube and LinkedIn who are coming in to speak with you guys about how you can better utilize their platforms for influencer marketing. And LinkedIn even talks about how you can use the platform better for your own personal brand. So I'm very excited for this event. It's shaping up to be really good. Just go to our website to get your free ticket. It's com slash events. That's I-A-M-W-I-I-M dot com slash events. I look forward to seeing you guys there. We always make the live events super fun. Again, there's like lots of good offers and who doesn't want to hear from like YouTube and LinkedIn. That was like a really big get you guys. I'm so excited about that one. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your week. If you missed last week's episode, listen to that one next. I will see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, we gotta have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.